If adventure is your middle name, this is the tour for you. Kermit, I don't know where I am. I'm sorry, but I cannot make it to the show because I'm completely and totally and utterly lost. Those who seek the spirit of Norway face peril and adventure. Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Star Tours introduces the perfect getaway vacation with exclusive tour packages to Hoth. W. Your information station. Hello and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 120 for the week of May 20th, 2009. Thank you for tuning in once again. This weekend marks the first of four consecutive Star Wars weekends over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and I was in the parks all weekend to cover the events, with a celebration of all things Star Wars that includes special events, performances, and presentations for fans young and old. There were also celebrity appearances, character encounters throughout the park, special merchandise, and lots more. Glenn Whelan joins me live from the park to discuss and review the weekend's events in ways that you and your family can get the most out of Star Wars weekends. I'll announce the winners of my last Walt Disney World trivia contest and get to see who gets to see either The Little Mermaid or The Lion King on Broadway. I'll play more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. For four weekends every year, Disney fans and Star Wars fans converge on Walt Disney World to celebrate all things Star Wars. And this week, I'm coming to you live from Disney's Hollywood Studios as we celebrate and enjoy the very first Star Wars weekends. And today I'm joined by good friend, fellow foodie and Star Wars, self-proclaimed Star Wars geek, Glenn Whalum. Star Wars geek, definitely. Nothing about the food, though. Nothing about the food. I don't eat. I don't eat very often. You know, there's no celebration of Star Wars food here. That's one thing that we're. We'll talk about maybe what something else that they can change. Blue milk, <laughs> right? So yeah, we're here for the very first Star Wars weekends, which take place over the next four weekends from May 22nd through June 14th, 2009. And like I said, Glenn, it's a time that for the past many many years, fans of all ages come to celebrate the characters and the movies and the actors and everything sort of that makes up the Star Wars and Disney fan universe. Yeah, and everyone gets to get back in touch with a Star Wars of their youth or for the younger people today, the Star Wars that they've grown up with. Right, and in the past, we've, you've actually been on the show with me and we've talked about planning for a Star Wars weekend. Uh, we actually took a lot of those plans and implemented them over the last two days while we've been here um, enjoying the first of the weekends. But what I thought we would do this year is while we're here and having experienced a lot of things that are going on, talk about some of the different events, some of the things that we've done. And we started off really first thing this morning, even before the gates opened, even before the rope drop, 
with one of really, I think, one of the most exciting and probably overlooked parts of Star Wars Weekend, and that's the Stormtroopers at the gate. The Stormtroopers at the gate, it's hysterical, it's a wonderful way to step into this new world, and the uh, Stormtroopers have converted the entire studios to be their land, and uh, they're in charge of it. They're not gonna let you in until you're ready. Yeah, it's a true transformation of the studios because, like you said, the story changes, especially for those p people who are for here for Star Wars Weekends, because before you even walk in, like you said, they've set the stage for you. You're not entering Hollywood Boulevard. You are now entering a land that's sort of been taken over by the Star Wars characters. Yes, and it, it's hysterical. They have some great banter back and forth with the people as they're waiting. So the gate opens at 9 a.m. They're up there about 8.40, and they're starting to play with the audience and getting them in the mood for Star Wars, which is going to be carried on throughout the rest of the day. Absolutely, and like you hear throughout the parks, you can probably hear in the background, the music again starts setting the tone along with the stormtroopers, and then once you get to the end of Hollywood Boulevard, start making your way over towards the Echo Lake area, where everything really starts taking place, you really become immersed because you start picking up little pieces of the Star Wars sets and the Star Wars characters, and more importantly, we'll talk about this some more, the Star Wars fans that are right. here as well. Right, and actually, even as you're parking, you're starting to see people arriving who are in these costumes that are worthy of uh, showing off. There are people walking around. We just had somebody walk in front of us and get stopped and have their picture taken with a, a young man who wanted a picture taken with Luke and Leia, and that Luke and Leia were not, they were not uh, employees here or anything. They were visitors. Right, and that's what's so fun about this, because normally Disney doesn't like people coming to the parks in costume, but this is a, a slight exception to that rule, and some of the costumes from the people who are not part of the show become almost part of the show because they are so, they're such enthusiasts, there's such attention to detail that for many of the guests walking around, that line gets blurred, and, <laughs> and, and everybody is wonderful. The, the guests who are here enjoy that. I mean, that's part of what they're looking for is to be able to interact with other guests like that. And if they're not, if they don't have a costume of their own, they go over and they get their face painted like Darth Maul or something like that, and they're right in on it. And by just so you know, the Slave Leia bikini, you really work it well. It's really enjoying it. We've been stopped many, many times, which is nice. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, uh, it's, it's starting to itch. <laughs> so, but okay, so let's talk about some of the events and some of the official things that are going on in addition to some of the atmospheric things like the music, like the character meet and greets that are really sort of all over this side of the park. And when you walk into the studios in the morning, you get a very special different type of park map and it's one specifically for Star Wars weekends celebrating you, celebrating the entire event. This one is specific to this weekend where the celebrity host is Jay Lagayo, who's hosting a number of events. But as you open it up, you'll see that the park on the left-hand side is divided into the Alliance side and the Empire side. There's the Rebel base section and there's the Imperial sector, and each one has different sorts of events that are going on. On the Rebel base side, which is close to Star Tours, which is sort of like the cornerstone, really, for the whole event and almost gets overlooked because it's not even specifically mentioned on the map, is something that goes on all year long but obviously takes on um, a much greater feel, much greater flair, and that's the Jedi Training Academy, which they still will not let me participate in simply because of, not that I don't meet the height requirement, I don't meet the age requirement. <laughs> that's right. And actually the whole Rebel Alliance gets the motorcade, the Star Wars motorcade, brings the, them down to there. So it culminates at that uh, Rebel Alliance Rebel base where all the excitement is based out of. Yeah, and I love the Jedi Training Academy because located right next to Star Tours, it allows 
young children uh, the opportunity to be brought up on stage, don Jedi robes, get a, a practice lightsaber, and actually get a chance to be become a Padawan learner, be taught right. by some Jedi's, and then without spoiling it for you, you have they'll have a chance to test their skills against two of the most feared Sith lords. Darth Maul and of course Darth Vader. Yeah, and I just couldn't imagine how great it would have felt when I was 12 years old if I had that opportunity. So I'm very jealous. I think you and I are some of the older than 12 year olds that wish we could do that, but it's great to see, I mean the kids just absolutely love it and to see the faces on the parents to get a chance to watch their kids participate like that. Many of the kids whom are already there dressed like Jedi or dressed like Boba Fett. So they're, I mean, they're into it even before they get there. That's right. And uh, we have some Jedis walking by right now carrying their their double-edged sword. So I guess he's going over to the Empire side. Right. And there's, I mean, that, and that's the other thing too. There's lots of opportunities for them to, even if you don't come here prepared, right next to uh, Star Tours is obviously Tatooine Traders, where, which is no, open all the time. There's pl plenty of Star Wars gear. But one of the things I love that they do in there is the opportunity to build your own lightsaber. So after you've been trained to be a Padawan, you can go in and customize the lightsaber however you want it. You want to be a Sith, you want a double blade, a single blade, whatever it might be. And it's a lot of fun, not just to take home, but to build as well. Absolutely, and they have that all year round, but right now you have to wait in line to get that done. But if you wait until uh, a month and a half from now, you could probably get in there pretty easily without waiting on that line. But everyone right now is in a very Star Wars mood, and the music everywhere is putting everyone in the mood, and the characters walking around, so it's an exciting time. Yeah, and, and tips for the Jedi Training Academy, which again, takes place all year long, but again, there's a little something special about participating in it during Star Wars weekends is get there early. Um, there's about seven or eight shows throughout the day, starting at 9.30, ending at least this weekend around 6.15. Get there early, get your child in front, be very, very enthusiastic to really give him or her uh, the best opportunity to be picked. Uh, but along that, in that same area, at that Star Wars Weekends event stage, is another event that takes place only during Star Wars Weekends. Unfortunately, Glenn, you and I would love this, can't participate, but it's fun watching the kids, and that's the Padawan Mind Challenge, and that's a trivia contest for kids ages 11 or under. You actually have to start registering at 9 a.m., and there's two performances or two shows, one's at 11, one's at 5.45, and again, a lot, a lot of fun for, the, for the, fun for the kids and fun for the parents as well. And fun for the people walking by. It's just great seeing the excitement and seeing these young children getting exciting about it. It reminds us of when we were that age. And, that, and much like the Jedi Training Academy, even if you don't have any sort of vested interest as to who's on stage, you can't help but get drawn over <laughs> by the music, by the performances, by seeing the kids getting so into it, and for us, that desire to be up on stage practicing against Darth Vader as well. That's right. Exactly right. We'll talk about the finale that takes place on that stage at night, but throughout the park, um, especially over here on the Rebel Base side and elsewhere in the Imperial side, there are many, many opportunities for character encounters, character autographs, meet and greets, and there's a lot of walk-around characters as well. So you might, not far from where we're sitting, you could meet Jedi Mickey, you could meet um, Leia Minnie, you can also meet some of the other sort of Rebel Alliance characters, but walking around by Star Tours here, you'll find 
Gamorrean guards, you'll find Jawas, you'll find Sand Troopers, you'll find R2-D2, as well as Luke and Leia. Yeah, and then Queen Amidala with her royal, uh, her specialty robes is, is right around the corner from us here. But well, as you mentioned, we have the Jedi Mickey situation situated right at the end of this area where it's borderline between the Disney Park and the Star Wars Park as it is this weekend. So it is sort of a connection between the two as you go over to... to Darth Goofy and uh, and Jedi Mickey. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun, and you could just get online. It takes place throughout the day, so there's many, many opportunities. Again, if you want to get some great, great photographs with beautiful backdrops, I mean, really sort of right out of the films. Um, and again, the the chance encounters that you might have with a Jango Fett or a, a Sand Trooper or a, a Chewbacca by the sand, by the the uh, by the speeder bike right. right over by Tatooine Traders. You know, there's there's a a ginormous, not just for me, Chewbacca standing there. I mean, looks like he literally stepped out of A New Hope. Oh yeah, and a classic Luke and Leia were right right around the road. I mean, just wearing the classic uniforms from, from A New Hope. It's exciting. And the R2-D2 that we had a chance to see as he sort of rolled on by, I mean, again, looks like he came right out of the film. And without speaking a word, interacting with guests as he's sort of making his way around. Right, and others, uh, Darth Maul walking by, just sizing people down like he's like he's a leopard on their prey, and it just totally works. It's totally powerful. You, he just walked right off the screen. In addition to the autographs and the meet and greets that you can get from these uh, classic and new trilogy Star Wars characters, one of the big highlights for a lot of people as well are the celebrities that come down, and they vary for each of the four Star Wars weekends. So, for example, this weekend, the four celebrities are Warwick Davis, who is really a staple of Star Wars weekends. Uh, he has been Wicked the Ewok from Return of the Jedi. Many, many characters uh, that I'm sure you would recognize. He's usually here for most of the weekends. Ray Park, uh, the, the martial arts master who portrayed Darth Maul uh, so incredibly in The Phantom Menace. There's also Jay LaGaia, who was Captain Typho from Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. He's really the host of the entire weekend. You also have a chance to meet and hear from James Arnold Taylor. He's the voice behind Obi-Wan Kenobi in The Clone Wars. And Ashley Eckstein, she's the voice behind Ashoka in The Clone Wars. And she's also going to be hosting some of the other events here as well. On upcoming weekends, you also have Peter Mayhew and Matthew Wood. Peter Mayhew, of course, was Chewbacca. Matthew Wood was a supervising editor for the Star Wars prequels. That's May 29th through the 31st. On June 5th through the 7th, big weekend, big, big weekend. Jeremy Bullock, he's known as Boba Fett, obviously, from The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. David Prowse, he is a, another imposing villain in Darth Vader. And Matt Lanter, who is also the voice of Anakin Skywalker in The Clone Wars. And on the final weekend, June 12th through the 14th, is Dave Filoni and Tamira Morrison. Dave Filoni is the creative force behind The Clone Wars, and he's a supervising director of that. And Tamira Morrison played Jango Fett, as well as the un, all the unmasked clones, thousands of them, um, in episodes two or three. And if you really like getting the autographs um, and really want to meet these people, have a chance to talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, Disney came up with what I think is an ingenious way of doing it without having to worry about standing on hours and hours of line, and that's using a very special type of fast pass system. Right, you got, you got a fast pass system. You People will wait in a specific line in the morning to get a fast pass to see, say, Peter Mayhew or David Prowse. You'll get your uh, your guaranteed space in line, and uh, you use that to to get your autograph. Yeah, and it works out very well. And there's different sort of kiosks and, and tented areas right by Echo Lake where people can go. 
And I'll tell you, Glenn, honestly, as somebody who normally is not one who is looking for celebrity autographs, there's something maybe because it's Star Wars, maybe right. because David Prowse is Darth, he'll always be Darth Vader, that makes you want to get it or meet it and, and maybe have your photograph taken with these guys. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's also freeing that you get a time to come back and you don't have to, you're just not going to stand in a line for two and a half hours. You know 11.45 is your time to get that autograph. And it's great because you're able to really plan out your day because the map is wonderful. It has times for everything. So you know that if your time to come back to meet Warwick Davis and Ray Park is 2.25, you'll know that you'll have time to catch one of the shows at the Premier Theater right after you're done. Right. Additionally, not only if you're not if you're not interested so much in getting autographed, that's not the only way to see these people. They are also in that uh, Star Wars celebrity motorcade that brings them down there. So you, everyone gets the opportunity to see them as they are entering the park, entering the Rebel base. And the celebrity motorcade is honestly one of the things I've really enjoyed so much this weekend because I was able to see it from beginning to end. It was raining a bit this morning and about five minutes before the motorcade started, the rain stopped, the skies opened up, the sun came out, it was beautiful. And there's this wonderful motorcade, not just of celebrities, there's celebrities in their vehicles and of course kicked off by Jedi Mickey in an X-Wing vehicle, which is just, which was awesome to see. But something else, which is after the celebrities comes Star Wars characters like the 501st Stormtroopers and other Star Wars enthusiasts who are dressed like, you know, rebel snowspeeder pilots and TIE pilots, people who have made their own costumes who come down just to sort of celebrate Star Wars. And it's phenomenal. These people are not only giving everybody in the crowd a thrill, but I imagine most of these people are thrilled to be showing off their costumes and their love of Star Wars. It's an exciting thing for everybody, so it's very interactive. The people on, on, this, on the stage, so to speak, as they're walking down there, they're in character and they're working it, and there, there are hundreds of them. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. The, there, the numbers of people that come out for it is great, and it, it, with the music in the background, again, really gets you in the mood. And even if you were sort of maybe a borderline Star Wars fan geek, you can't help but want to sort of follow the motorcade down around Echo Lake back to this area by, by the Alliance Rebel base. Yeah, we found ourselves accidentally following them. We didn't plan it. We just ended up following them all the way down to the Rebel base. So the Rebel base, half really of what's going on this weekend, because on the opposite side is the Imperial Sector. And not that bad things happen in the Imperial Sector, because a lot of the really good special events, especially for, for guys like us, take place at the Premier Theater. The old Hunchback Theater is now known as the Premier Theater. And this weekend especially, there is not one, not two, but there are three different shows that take place there. And we'll sort of go through them one by one because we've had a chance to experience them. And the first one is Behind the Force. And that's where you get to join the celebrity host for that weekend. And this weekend, it's Ashley Eckstein, who is in The Clone Wars. Uh, she is going to talk about the Clone Wars, a look behind the scenes, talk about some of her voice work um, with her, a host, and some other celebrities as well. We've had a chance to see some of the other special guests in past weekends, um, especially when Clone Wars was actually still in production, which was very, very exciting. But I think it's a, it's a great way to meet some of the, maybe the faceless people behind the scenes and really get an in-depth look 
at the making of a movie like that? Well, many people only know Star Wars from the films, and they really don't follow the extended universe, the video games, and the books, and even the television series. So to a lot of people, this Clone Wars television series is something new that they probably haven't seen much about. So to be able to see this one hour behind the scenes thing is, is actually very cool. And the other thing, too, is you get to also, there's also uh, oftentimes near the end, some Q&A. So you can present questions before the show starts that might get picked to be asked. So it's really more of not just a uh, being spoken at you, it's uh, an interactive type of a show. Right, and we, we actually got to experience a bit of, uh, of that in our, in our next event. What shows? I guess I'm jumping ahead to the uh, Stars of the Saga Star Wars Celebrity Talk Show. Yeah, and I, I, that was a lot of fun. I mean, that's something that I missed when I was here last year. But again, hosted by Jay Lagaya, Captain Typho. Uh, it really gives you a chance to meet, again, some more of the celebrities. Today it was Ray Park and Warwick Davis. Some one-on-one, -on -one, very much like the old Merv Griffin. Right. Kids, Merv Griffin was like a pre-Jay Leno. Um, <laughs> a talk show setting on stage. Um, there was a lot of movie clips from not just the Star Wars films, surprisingly, but, but a lot of fun other films that they've worked on. So Warwick Davis, again, has been in so, so many films, including uh, Harry Potter and things like that. So to have them talk about their experiences in Star Wars, as well as some of the other films, other things they're working on, with sort of a host sort of, um, you know, narrating and moderating it was a really a lot of fun. Yeah, Ray Park has is in the involved in the new G.I. Joe film that's coming out, and they showed an entire um, they focused on that for a good three, four minutes as they showed a trailer from it and talked about his character and showed his costuming and showed some behind the scenes on that. Uh, they also did that with uh, Warwick, showing him even even in his horror film Leprechaun, you know, th uh, things that may have been forgotten by a lot of people. But it's, it's really cool. It's nice to, to hear from them about their experiences, especially somebody like Ray Park, who has no spoken lines as Darth Maul but what the experience of being cast for it and filming with it. And, and, the, and again, there's the opportunity for interaction. You can submit questions ahead of time that uh, Jay Lagaya would ask. And again, it's, it's not the, the normal questions like, what was it like working for George Lucas, which he knows he's gonna say is working with George Lucas. <laughs> um, but some really in-depth things about the person and the training and all the things that go into it. Yeah, and actually, Warwick Davis did something rather clever. He was talking about how he creates a character, and he actually stood up and walked through his mindset and how he creates a character. He used the example of Professor Flitwick from the Harry Potter series, and he stood there out front and then explained how he took takes his body and converts himself into this old man and changes his voice and everything. And then he led us in a charms class like he would to a Harry Potter class. Yeah, a great, and, and the venue is wonderful too. It's an indoor, enclosed venue, again, the old Hunchback Theater. They've done a wonderful job in there. And it gets you a chance too, you can sit close up. I mean, it's a very, you know, close, um, relatively intimate setting with, you know, a thousand seats in there. Um, so it's a great venue for something like that. And that show lasted probably, what, 45 minutes, an hour or so? About 45 minutes, and if you have a problem with getting the seats, they do have four stormtroopers that are there to make sure that you get to your seat in an orderly imperial fashion. Again, get online for that one early, uh, not because you don't want to miss the show when it starts, you don't want to miss the stormtrooper pre-show, and because we were talking about this before, you know, they almost steal that show, much like they do before you even walk into Disney's Hollywood Studios because it's a very funny thing. And again, we don't want to spoil it for them, 
but the playfulness that they have with each other, some of the things they show up on screen, the interaction with the guests is really a lot of fun. It is surprising, and it's, it's very funny, some of the things they, they deal with and they go through. And the third show, again, something I, I've never seen before and only takes place this weekend because of who it's hosted by, is Visit to the Mall, starring Ray Park, and you get to experience a master class in martial arts from Ray Park, who was Darth Maul. That takes place one time at 5.30 this weekend, and I think that's really gonna be one of the highlights. I've spoken to some people today who have seen it when Ray Park was here in the past, and it's supposedly a, an exceptional show. It looks uh, really exciting, and I think can't wait to see that myself. Other things that take place over on the Imperial side are more character encounters as well. You're gonna meet different characters here than you would on the Rebel side. So here you'll be able to meet Boba Fett and Jango Fett, Ahsoka, in very detailed, themed backdrops specific to them. And again, the characters are just so spot on. Aura Singh, the very tall, very uh, wiry Jedi with the antenna sticking out, of, uh, <laughs> sticking out of her head, is, I mean, it's spectacular. I mean, because they look like they stepped right out of the movie screen. Right, and they give you these environments that will make your photographs look like professional shots right out of it. Uh, and some of them are actually inside a box of a Star Wars figure. So you get to be inside the, the plastic case of a Star Wars figure. Very cool. Yeah, there's so much to do. There's so many different ways to sort of interact with them. Uh, an experience, and much like coming to Disney World during the holidays, coming during Star Wars weekends offers you a completely different experience just on one half of the park. And if you're not a Star Wars fan and you, you spend more, more of your time in the animation courtyard and along Sunset Boulevard, Star Wars really doesn't sort of carry over into there. It's really restricted to this side, so if you don't want to participate in it, you don't have to. It doesn't really affect all the attractions, just things in this side. Just on the one side, and, and the back of the park, what used to be the back lot tour, right? Something else too, in addition to the characters and the, and we haven't even talked about Star Tours. Um, again, a great attraction in its own right that uh, it gets much, much busier because you're just so into, I mean, I've never seen the Fast Pass lines as long as they have been for Star Tours because there's that renewed interest. And now too, you're going with like-minded Star Wars fans. You may be sitting next to an Ewok, and I don't mean myself, but somebody dressed like an Ewok or a little boy dressed like, again, another boy walking by you know, with his Jedi robes and, and more Princess Leia's walking by, um, which sort of adds to the whole experience. Oh yeah, and if you're in line for, for Star Tours now, you're waiting 45 minutes to an hour, but you're also standing next to somebody who has a story about their experience with Star Wars. And if you talk to them about their, well, hey, have you been a fan for a long time? They're gonna tell you, I'll remember where I first was when I saw that and how it affected their lives ever since. Absolutely, and of course, in addition to all those things, there's merchandise, 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 and in, in addition to Tatooine Traders, where you can get the merchandise that's here all the time, there is a lot of special edition merchandise that you can get over in Wicket's Warehouse. That takes place right near uh, Pixar Place by the Backlot Tour. There are special edition hats, shirts, coins, lots and lots of pins. There's a limited edition Star Wars Weekend watch, uh, which is awesome, with a Jedi Mickey on there. There's a special edition logo pin. And the final year of something that I am continually tempted to buy all four of are the Star Wars limited edition big figs. Uh, we've talked about these on the show in the past. And this year may be one of the best crops yet because you've got 
Goofy as Chewbacca. You've got Minnie in her Slave Leia outfit. You've got Luke Skywalker Mickey with an incredibly detailed Yoda on his back, uh, like from Empire Strikes Back. And really what may be sort of the cream of the crop is the Donald Duck in Carbonite, much like Han Solo. Donald Duck in Carbonite is phenomenal. He's uh, he's all silver, obviously, because he's stuck in Carbonite, but if you sw swing around to the backside, you see that his tail is also emerging from the Carbonite, and there's feathers sticking out. It's, it is a phenomenal piece. I mean, all of them are beautiful. Um, they're collectible. They're also very, very limited. And this year, much like last year, you can't walk away with your Star Wars uh, Big Fig. You can order them here. You can pre-order them here. You can also go to artofdisneyparks.com to order. I believe there's only 500 of each in Walt Disney World. I think another 100 go out to Disneyland. Um, and I know last year, again, the Darth Maul, uh, uh, Donald Duck sort of stole the show. Donald Duck is, is two back-to-back -back being two of the most popular figures that sold out very, very quickly. And that sold out very quickly, and I ended up getting mine very, very late. <laughs> And were you, uh, now, did you, have you decided, are you going to pick up the, the Donald Duck and Carbonite? I'm to get the Do Donald and Carbonite, so I have a theme going on my television, yes. <laughs> so, but in addition to that, too, there's lots of, like we said, there's uh, collectibles, there's toys, there's a, a throw that you can get if you spend a certain amount. You can get a, a great Star Wars weekend's throw with Yoda and Jedi Mickey on there, which is a lot of fun. Uh, everything from, you know, small dollar amounts. There's, again, the, uh, the Star Wars Muppet. Small PVC figures are there. That's maybe $15, $16. Really like that um, because there's that, there's that cross, again, between the Star, Wars, the Star Wars universe, the Disney universe, and now the Muppet universe as well. And, of course, they have a special hat for this week and a special shirt for this week, uh, for this month, actually. Uh, and it's very nice, a uh, good shirt. And it all takes place inside what used to be part of the back lot, uh, part of the studio tour. So it's really exciting to be in there and look up and see the... the uh, one-way window that we used to look through when we were on that walking part of the tour. Also, this year they had something that I don't remember last year. They had a couple of artists in there. They had an artist who was uh, drawing cells. Uh, yesterday was Jason Zucker, the watch artist from Sunset Club Couture, who was doing custom Star Wars weekend watches. So if you wanted that Jedi Mickey watch or that Donald Duck Darth Maul custom watch, Jason or one of the other artists can do it for you, put it on a watch, give you the uh, the sketch as well in black and white or color. Yeah, it's very cool, and uh, it would be an exciting way to commemorate your week. Yeah, and there's lots of different things that you can pick up. And again, I love the, the range of the merchandise, because if you want to do something that's really special, you want that jumbo General Grievous pin with, with many different ways uh, he's articulated. Some of the framed pin sets, you can go that way if you want sort of a, a small less expensive collectible or you want to get the hat or if you just want to even something else collect the Star Wars weekend maps because they're dated they change from Star Wars weekend to Star Wars weekend and it's a great way to kind of look back and see what you've done and what was going on during that time and when you're in there with the merchandise if you are a pass holder be sure to ask about the special limited edition pass holder pin because there's a pin that's available only to the pass holders as well and as we said earlier because the maps are great and that they give you sort of at times of how you can experience different things. It really gives you a chance to plan out your day. And th while there's a lot going on, it won't necessarily monopolize all of your time with just Star Wars events, because there's little things like Toy Story Mania, uh, Tower of Terror, uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, Playhouse Disney, so much else to see in the park as well. But like anything else, you really need to plan out your Star Wars weekends. And maybe we can talk about 
now that we're here and we've done it again, uh, really two days in a row, some of our tips for people that want to really get the most out of and enjoy Star Wars weekends. Uh, of course, a couple, th first thing, based on your weather situation, be prepared for either rain or or a very heavy sunblock because you don't know how what the weather is going to be like out there, and it can get pretty hot out here during the summer. So, take a, make sure you take a look at the weather before you head out. Definitely, and I think even before you step foot or out your door and head towards the parks, uh, you can go online. You can actually go to StarWars.com. You can download a PDF version of the map. Try and get an idea of what you want to do. Prioritize what you want to do, what you want to see. What is most important to you? So if celebrity autographs are of primary importance, no matter what, you should get here early. Get here early so you can get your fast pass because they will run out. Um, and if it's not, and say, well, that's not what's most important, but I want to make sure that my son is right up in line at the very first Jedi Training Academy, you know when you come in to head on over towards Star Tours and get there before the 9.30 show. Absolutely, and you have an, another opportunity to do some planning is actually during your your meals and stuff like that. So if you're having a nice breakfast at Starring Rolls or something, you can, you can sit down with the map and plan it out if you haven't downloaded it earlier. Absolutely, and again, keep in mind too, that oftentimes Star Wars weekends will be a little bit more crowded than normal. Um, and especially as we start getting into the summer season, crowds may develop a little longer. Plan accordingly, plan your time accordingly. Uh, for if you do want to do other attractions, maybe you should get here early, still get your Toy Story Mania Fast Pass, do some Star Wars events, come back, ride Toy Story Mania, have lunch, and there's plenty more to do still in the afternoon. And if you're not a Star Wars fan and you happen to be here this week, I would recommend not avoiding avoid Friday and Saturday and Sunday at the studios and wait till Monday through Thursday for that because the Star Wars events aren't happening during the week. And again, too, they're not so, while they're all throughout this side of the park, they're not so intrusive so that if you are a Star Wars fan, you're like, oh, I just need to avoid the studios like the plague because I'm never going to get to Toy Story Mania. I'll never ride a rock and roller coaster because that's not really the case. And if you have maybe, you know, dad and son want to do some Star Wars stuff, you know, mom and, and the daughter can go over and do Playhouse Disney and Little Mermaid, and, and again, you're still in the same park and can still meet up. That's great, yeah. And The other thing, too, again, about planning, plan for things like the celebrity motorcade. If you want to get a good seat as they go by, uh, if you want to get some great pictures, try and get there early. Same thing even for some of the later parades, uh, like the Block Party Bash, again, because the crowds are going to be a little bit uh, higher here. And, and keep very close eye on the time uh, because things, especially stuff like the Jedi Training Academy, um, like some of the characters, will start to back up very, very quickly. Right. And during the, if you're if you're not much for the parades, that's also a good time to hit your stores. That if you want to look at limited edition merchandise or something like that, that's a good time to do it when everybody is has their attention drawn to something else. And you know, I think this holds true anytime you come to Disney. You know, if you're a Star Wars fan like we are, allow yourself to really enjoy it, be immersed in the experience. If you're thinking about it, if you're saying, you know, I've got my Jedi robe hanging in the closet, can I really pull this off? Can I? There are many, many people here not being pointed to and saying, what is this guy doing in a Jedi robe? Who are, like we said before, having other guests come up to him, can I take your picture? Can I have your autograph? Um, and I mean, there was a guy who was in a Han Solo, a kid in a Han Solo costume and a, a woman dressed like Padme, just, I mean, I mean, exceptional, exceptional costume. So really, really have a good time with it. Yes, it is. It's a, it's a great time. for. And here's one place where those people can put on that costume and walk around and people don't look at them strangely. 
And we've talked about a lot of the things that are going on. And again, there's interactive things, there's shows, there's characters, there's celebrities, there's merchandise, there's attractions with Star Tours. But I think what Disney does is great because they save what's arguably the best show uh, for last. And I think the Stormtroopers at the gate at the beginning is one of the best, and it's not really on the schedule, but the hyperspace hoopla, what, which all of really your favorite Star Wars characters are there, a lot of fun over at the Star Wars Weekend's event stage next to Star Tours is really something that's worth waiting around to see. Tonight, most nights, it takes place at seven o'clock. Um, it's a great, great, interactive, fun stage show with a lot of surprises and characters in ways that you might not be normally used to seeing them. Yeah, very, very funny, and it does transition you back into that evening party mode, so that's why it is called the Hyperspace Hoopla, because it is a party. It begins a uh, almost a dance party, and you'll see some people involved in that that you would not expect to see. And believe it or not, Glenn, you know, we're sitting here, we're immersed in it. Talking about Star Wars weekends really doesn't give you, I, I think, doesn't really paint a very good picture of what you get a chance to see. Uh, I will actually shamelessly plug you because uh, in issue four of Celebrations Magazine, you wrote an amazing, amazing, sort of a six-parter, <laughs> you know, a dual trilogy, uh, as it were, article all about Star Wars weekends with some great photography, really sort of outlining what goes on to give you a sense. Obviously, you can also go to DisneyWorld.com. You can also go to StarWars.com. And again, for the uh, big figs, you can go to ArtOfDisneyParks.com. I'll put links to all of those uh, in the show notes. But again, I, I, you know, I highly recommend, not just because it's Celebrations Magazine, but uh, your really brilliant and, and very, very fun article, a very unique look at Star Wars Weekend. Thank you. It's a very inspirational time for me, ever since I was a child. Yeah, we are. We're, we're children, I guess. Not any more children, but we were children of the first films and the first trilogy. And stuff. This is what we grew up with. And we were talking before about sort of the longevity of Star Wars Weekends and how... It's great not just for fans like us of the first trilogy and, and a younger generation fans of the second trilogy, but there's a whole new generation of fans who are almost being reintroduced to Star Wars, either through the Clone Wars or for some people, really getting into it through something like this, like a Star Wars Weekends. Yes, and there's people that are seeing it for the first time with this new television series and maybe the television series that is soon to be coming. So there will always be these uh, external... Uh, versions of Star Wars. There's books and there's video games and not everybody is associated with. So it's a, this is a great opportunity for them. Yeah, it extends that extended universe so much farther. And again, if you're a Disney fan, to see Mickey dressed like a Jedi, you know, or, or Darth Goofy, um, just adds so much more fun. If you're a character autograph person too, you have a whole new slew of characters to come and get. It is totally appropriate to have Jedi Mickey. You know. <laughs> It absolutely works. It is a lot of fun. Um, I, I, we've been here for two days. We'll probably be back a third day and probably be back for at least another weekend because each weekend, too, is going to be different because of the different celebrities that are here. So, uh, again, from May 22nd through June 14th, 2009, at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Star Wars Weekends, uh, truly an event that should not be missed by Disney fans and Star Wars fans and Glenn Whalen from passamaquati.blog.com and author of the great Star Wars Weekends article in Celebrations Magazine. Thank you so much and uh, I think we should give the Jedi training one more try. I'm sure if I walk up and, and raise my hand hard enough, I'll finally get picked. I'm sure it'll work this time.
it's time to announce the winner, or should I say winners, of last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Contest. And the last contest was a little bit different, not just because we have multiple winners this week, but because of the type of prize I was giving away. And while I thought such a very specific prize might limit the number of entries, you guys really came through because many, many of you really wanted to see either on Friday, May 29th, the 8 p.m. showing of The Little Mermaid on Broadway, or the Saturday, May 30th showing of The Lion King, also on Broadway. And first and foremost, big thanks to Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel for helping us secure these tickets. And these are really, really good seats, like lower level orchestra center. Um, The winners are really, I think, going to enjoy these this week. But before I announce who they are, let's go back, let's look at the questions, and let me give you the answers. First, what was the name and proposed location for a magic-themed restaurant in Walt Disney World? All of you who entered this week got this one correct, because back in 1996, world-famous magician David Copperfield announced plans for Copperfield's Magic Underground, which was going to be a very interactive magic-themed restaurant being built in Walt Disney World as well as in New York's Times Square. And he and Disney talked about having this secret underground lair of David Copperfield where guests could really experience magic firsthand at their tables and on things like levitating tables as they dine. And all those signs announcing the restaurant's imminent arrival could be seen uh, on a number of locations throughout property. It was never actually built. And there was actually even a front page story in the cast member newsletter called Eyes and Ears showing Michael Eisner and David Copperfield performing a trick together announcing this. Uh, Construction was supposed to begin back in January of 1997. It was expected to cost about $30 million, be a 500-seat facility, so a very, very big restaurant located near the entrance to the Disney MGM Studios. And again, there were going to be magicians, lots of magic tricks. And due to some financial and other difficulties, the restaurant never opened, although for a short period of time, a magic shop bearing that name did actually operate on property. So number two, I said that on a recent Daily Disney Diary video, I completed a set of trivia questions as part of the Italian Liberation Day at the Italy Pavilion in Epcot's World Showcase. I submitted my answers, half-jokingly wished that I was winning a cruise, but instead, I won what? And if you remember, I won a little Italian Liberation Day bracelet, as well as a picture of Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, some other Disney characters in and around Epcot. Third question was very simple. I just asked you to name all of the 3D films that have played in Walt Disney World's theme parks. Again, all of you got this right. Some of you even also included one that didn't need to be on the list because you mentioned Magic Journeys. Some of you added as a bonus the Working for Peanuts 3D short that was part of the pre-show for Magic Journeys. It was also Captain EO back in 1986, Muppet Division in 91, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience in 94, It's Tough to Be a Bug in 98, and lastly, Mickey's Philhar Magic, which opened in 2003. Question four, I said when Pecos Bill's Tall Tale Inn and Cafe went through a refurb back in 1998, it expanded and took over a location previously occupied by something else. And I asked you what that was and what audio animatronics characters could be found inside. Once again, all of you got this right because when Pecos Pills did go through the refurb in 1998, it took over the space on the left-hand side if you're facing the building, previously occupied by the Mile Long Bar that sold 
Pepsi-Cola and Frito-Lay snack items. Then it sold some uh, small Mexican entrees, drinks, things like that. Uh, and the animatronics figures were actually ones that could be found on the opposite side of the wall as well because it was Melvin, Max, and Buff from the Country Bear Jamboree. And then finally, I said, tell me one place, there were many, but just one place where you could find a reference to Roger Rabbit in the Walt Disney World theme parks. And many of you came up with some great answers. There is the Maroon Studios uh, billboard at Disney's Hollywood Studios. There were the footprints in the cement in front of the great movie ride. There was also the sign in the window for the offices of Eddie Valiant. There is the cartoon outline of Roger Rabbit right by there. Some of you even went back. There used to be the old Toon Patrol car. There used to be other vehicles in the backlot tour. I would have taken any of those. All I needed was one. And again, everybody that entered got every single question right. And that was part of the goal because I wanted to give these tickets away and I wanted as many people as possible to enjoy them. So, as I said, uh, thanks to Becky, we had a number of tickets to give away. And what I did was I put all of the correct entries into a pool. I randomly selected them and they could ask for two tickets, four tickets, six tickets, however many it would be. And I would keep going until all of the tickets were gone. And fortunately, uh, we have a lot of winners this week. So the winners this week in no particular order are Lauren Winokur, Sean Myers, Debbie Sampson, Chris McKay, Courtney Peters, and Yale and Michael Sakowitz. Congratulations to all of you. Congratulations to everybody who entered. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Your tickets will be mailed out first thing Monday morning, so you'll have them in plenty of time for the show. And again, big thanks to Becky from Mouse Fan Travel for helping to provide these tickets. And no contest this week because I'm actually recording down in Walt Disney World, but I promise to have another trivia contest very, very soon with some more great prizes. So thanks again. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Congratulations to all this week's winners. That's all the time we have this week. I hope you enjoyed our live coverage of Star Wars Weekends over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Big thanks again to Glenn Whalen from Passamaquoddy.blog.com. Be sure to stay tuned to the website and iTunes because I'm also going to be posting a video from Star Wars Weekends in the next few days. Give you a little bit more of an idea of some of the events, some of the things that were going on during that time. Real quick aside, before I wrap things up, Monday in the United States marks Memorial Day. And I want to take a minute just to just thank, honor, and commemorate all those in the military who made the ultimate sacrifice and gave their lives for us. And it's very much appreciated. So speaking of Star Wars weekends, I will be back the weekend of June 6th. And on that day, Saturday, June 6th, I will be having my next meet of the month at Disney's Hollywood Studios during Star Wars weekends. It'll be over in the Sunset Ranch Market down on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, since we'll kind of stay away from the Echo Lake area for a while, we'll be there probably from 1 to 3 p.m., maybe a little bit later, a little bit longer on. Who knows? Maybe then we'll head on over and partake in some of the Star Wars weekend's events. As I said before, Jedi Regalia and RSVPs are not necessary, but if you like, please let us know that you're coming by posting over in the thread in the forums or on Facebook. I'll put links to both of those in this week's show notes. Don't forget, if you have a question you want answered on the air, you can send those to lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the toll-free voicemail line at 
2171. Be sure also to go to wdwradio.com, click on the link, and follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash lumangelo. I post instant updates throughout the day. I play all kinds of games during the week and from Walt Disney World. And there you can also come by, be my friend on Facebook, and join the WDW Radio Show group. Look for a new WDW Radio live, real interactive video and audio chat uh, and discussion where I'll be able to broadcast audio and video. You guys can log on and chat, ask questions. I'll be posting uh, a date and time for one of those soon. Thanks again to my sponsors. Again, big thanks to Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel for providing the tickets and contest prizes for this week's contest. All the tickets to The Lion King and the Beauty and the, uh, the Little Mermaid show on Broadway. Very, very much appreciated. So as always, guys, if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Review us on iTunes. Come say hi on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. And of course, thank you so very much for taking the time and tuning in again this week. I really do appreciate it. So until next time, always keep moving forward. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, Lou. This is Allison from Chicago, uh, also known as Mango Pie to you. We first met in January during the marathon weekend when I was down there running the half with my cousin. And I just wanted to let you know that this Memorial Day weekend, I'm packing up my running gear and heading north to Madison, Wisconsin, to run my second half marathon of 2009. And although there's no castle to run through at mile five, I'm still really looking forward to it. And I want you to know that I have you to thank. Um, Ever since I heard your show from January of 2008 about your own half marathon experience, that's really been the kick that I needed to push myself from just being a 5K runner to a distance runner. And you've been a huge influence on me. Not only that, but you've been my loyal training buddy as I've listened to many of your podcasts during my long runs, and I never would have made it through all those 8, 10, and 12 milers without the WDW radio show to keep me focused on Disney and off of how many miles I had left until I got home. So I just want you to know that you reach your listeners not only in the obvious ways about Disney World, but also in ways that you might not even be aware of. So thank you, Lou Mangiello, for all that you do. Have a great one. Hey, Lou. This is Courtney in Virginia. I love you, love the show, um, love your books. I love listening to you and Tim bickering to each other on your top ten list. And um, I was listening to your top ten things that are better at night in Disney World the other day, and um, you were talking about Main Street at night and how gorgeous it was, and it is a completely different experience. And you kept referring to the Main Street at Disney World as our Main Street, and the one in California just, you know, is Disneyland Main Street. And Tim asked you, like, he, he said he liked that you were calling it ours. And you said, well, it's home. And I love that you said that because I think so many people, when they walk in to the Magic Kingdom and just start walking down Main Street and see the castle right in front of them, it just you feel like you're home. And I, I've said so many times that, you know, Magic Kingdom is home. And I just love that you said that because I think it's so true for so many people. And it's just so inviting and welcoming every time you go there. And it's an amazing experience. So I just wanted to let you know that I love that you said that. And it's so true. And just keep doing what you're doing because 
You're incredible, and I look forward to listening to everything you have to say. And I think you're great for Disney enthusiasts everywhere. Um, thank you. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Erica from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, I just wanted to say how much I adore your show, and I am a new listener. Uh, I started in late January, and I've been trying to catch up on all of your podcasts. They are amazing. Just wanted to let you know, um, I am trying to become a Disney animator. Um, I'm only in ninth grade, but hey, what not? Why not? I'll just try working for it now. Um, and I just love how your podcasts are so helpful. You've brought in animators and you talk to um, Imagineers, and it's so wonderful to listen to that. Um, I can't wait uh, for next week po- next week's podcast. Um, I loved the virtual tour of MGM. That was amazing. So I guess I will. I guess I'll just wait for next week's podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye. Lou, I just got done listening to the uh, theme, uh, the attraction music, and I know you said attractions, but you did go off the script a little, so I got to add one that I'm surprised you missed. That would be the uh, entrance medley from when Epcot first opened up. I was there for the opening month, and every time I hear it, I think back to that, that first day going into the brand new Epcot. So I just had to give you a call and let you know that I think you missed a good one there, but I know it's not an attraction. All right, thanks for everything. Keep uh, keep doing what you're doing. Bye now. Hi there, Lou. This is Deb calling. It is Wednesday, May 20th, the last day of our vacation down in Disney, and much to our surprise and delight, the sun is shining. So we have taken advantage of the nice weather to come to Epcot and spend some time enjoying the Flower and Garden Show. And I just want to say that thanks to the things that I've learned and heard, on your show and in Celebrations Magazine, this trip was a little bit more special and fun. So thank you very much for everything that you do. Keep up the good work. I'll be listening. This is Deb signing off from Disney World. See ya. Hey, Lou. This is Trish from New York. Um, first of all, I just want to let you know how much my husband and I really enjoy your podcast. Um, second, I want to call and leave a message about the show you just had with Tim Foster about the top 10 music selections from the Disney parks, and I was hoping someone would mention Impressions of France, because that's definitely what I was going to say. Um, and I also wasn't sure if you knew, even though you probably do, because you know everything about Disney World, but that when you leave the um, movie and you go into the gift shop, you can actually get a sheet with all the music played in Impressions of France from the cast member because my husband and I were looking through the CDs trying to figure out what the music was, and I guess the very intuitive cast member asked if we were looking for the music played in the show, and we said yes, and she handed us a sheet with all the music listed. So I just wanted to let you and all your listeners know that, in case they uh, are in France and Epcot and wanted to get it. Thanks again for all you do. It's a great show. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Erica from Chicago, and I just listened to your segment about getting character autographs, and I just had one tip that I wanted to share. Uh, The last time I went to Disney World, my sister brought along blank 4x6 index cards uh, for her daughter to give to the characters to sign. And the index cards are really cheap, but they're really easy to carry around. Um, And then when you get home, you can take them and put them in the same photo album as your pictures of meeting the characters because they fit right uh, in the photo sleeves. Um, or if you're a scrapbooker, then you can use them on scrapbook pages. So I just thought that was a great idea, so I just wanted to share it with the rest of your listeners. Thanks. 
Hey, Lou, this is Corey from Chicago. I just wanted to thank you for sending those books again. Um, be sure to give it to my teacher uh, when I see her again. Um, I'm sure she'll appreciate it, and I just wanted to appreciate sending me an extra copy for myself. Um, I don't know what happened. They got lost in the mail, but thank you again for sending another one. Uh, it really means a lot to me, Lou. Uh, thanks for all that you do. Keep up the good work. Later. Hey, Lou, this is Todd from Alfreda, Georgia. We're here at the World. Just got done eating at Pecos Bill's uh, Quick Service, and uh, they have a new self-service touchscreen ordering system that is just excellent. It was very quick, very painless, and uh, it really got you through the lines quicker than going through the, uh, the manual lane. So I just wanted to call and, and uh, tell you about that, and keep up the good work. Thank you. Blue Terry from Pittsburgh calling again. I know I called once already, but you got to add the addendum of when going through Norway after you've gone through Maelstrom and you've awed at the grass on the roof and you've uh, been bummed out the fact that the Viking ship is no longer there. Turn around from where you were looking at the Viking ship. There is the Stav Church Gallery, which is a neat little place where you can go in and find where they have uh, presented in a museum fashion old swords and old uh, weaponry uh, and it's a really neat little place. It's, it's only the size of a one room, uh, but it's really neat. It's one of those unknown things that people just walk by. Uh, I know you always say to look down, or well, in this case, look over, and you'll see some really neat stuff uh, that a lot of people pass by. Lou, thanks again for all your information on your show. We love it. We look forward to it every week, and uh, thanks again. See ya. Hey Lou, this is Evan, um, uh, or I like Pi 58 on the WGW Radio Live. Uh, like Josh, I'm 12, but um, I could you could say that I'm a little bit of a Disney geek. I'm on a little Disney corner in my room, so I liked uh, that one segment that you did with I forget his name, but. Uh, about uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. I think it was uh, show number 117. But um, it was a great show. I think that you should do uh, some more like that because I really like that. And I bet you a lot of other people like them. But um, thanks for the show. You're doing a great job. Uh, keep up the good work. And have a fantastic day. Hi, Lou. Um, this is Sarah Kellis, a local tea geek and Kingdom Hearts geek. And I'm calling because uh, I listened to the last show, which was great, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, you talked about uh, getting autographs uh, from everybody, and um, just wanted to let people know that uh, with Kingdom Hearts uh, card game that is out right now, um, you can get really cool uh, kind of trading cards that have Disney characters on them, including some obscure ones um, uh, and, and, and some pretty popular ones. Um, coming up soon, it's going to be even like a... Captain Jack Sparrow, and right now they have, you know, Captain Hook in the gang, including Peter Pan, and um, they have, uh, of course, Mickey, um, Donald, Goofy, Pluto's on there, Jimmy Cricket, uh, Tinkerbell, lots of other um, Disney characters that you can find, and what's really great is that you can then go and get um, autographs on them, so you have really cool uh, autograph trading cards that look really, really neat. Um, when I was there last time, uh, a wonderful cast member named Cheryl um, helped us out by, um, she was so thrilled by the cards, we gave her a couple, and, uh, she, 
um, was able to get a couple signatures that were really tough for us to get, like Jafar. Um, Jafar has a great signature, by the way. His jade looks like a snake. And um, I put up a couple of pictures um, on my Flickr account if anyone wants to look at them. Um, it's uh, PyrusJ, P-Y-R-U-S-J. And there's a set there called Kingdom Hearts Cards, just a couple of on there to give you an idea. Um, but it's a very cool and pretty cheap um, way to get, get a really neat uh, collection. Bye! Thank <laughs> you.